I'm Gina Livy, and welcome to my podcast. That's not just about weight loss. It's about losing your weight in a way where you never have to look back. I'm going to talk in finally and forever. The podcast itself is a collection of Facebook Lives for my 91-day weight loss program that if you're following along, it's going to give you great insight and information on maximizing your efforts. We also include amazing guest interviews where we're not afraid to have real conversations and break it down. And of course, I'll be weighing in on a variety of topics. I mean, anything and everything weight loss related. The podcast itself is hosted on Acast, but it's available on all platforms like the one you're listening to right now, Spotify, Apple, and also Amazon Music. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. And we are live. Jen Pike is back. We're going to continue our conversation on hormones. And we're also going to talk about exercise, finding the right kind of exercise for you. Um, so let's get this conversation. Jen and I were just chatting right, like right, right before we jumped on. I am so excited. I, of course, made notes. Um, I've taken stock of all the questions that you guys want me to ask her. A lot of them are, were very much the same questions, but they're big questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're big topics. The first one, uh, first of all, welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I was like you- saying to you, I'm like, I feel like I should explain why I'm in my bedroom because we just moved to a new house and the rest of it is not organized yet. So <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not having bedroom talk today. <laughs> we're pretty, re- yeah, well, we'll say that for another day. Uh, and, you know, because that's where those hormones can factor in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're all about bringing the realness around here. So we appreciate, you know, you're busy. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, let's maybe just to do a quick introduction. I know I think most uh, most people at this point do know you, but, you know, there could be people who are just, you know, got into the program or behind and they maybe missed the first segment that we've done. So maybe just do a quick overview. All right. Well, my name is, uh, my name's Jen Pike. I'm a functional medicine diagnostic nutritionist and I specialize in women's health and hormones. I'm a medical exercise specialist. I've been in the industry for 24 years as a personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach, instructor, you name it, anything in the health and wellness realm. Um, I've been passionate about it. I've done it. I live it. And I really focused the last decade and a half of my practice to women's health and hormones. Mm. Yeah. And the the point being, you don't just dabble. It's not a side gig for you. I think a lot of people Mm. think that when you're a personal trainer, nutritionist, you know, whatever, that you do it on the side, like very Mm -hmm. much like me, this has been your whole life, like obsessively almost. Yeah. 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 And this is like, you know, I mean, I just finished teaching a class at our local studio. Um, you know, it's only 8am here. So I taught at six and I'm back here at seven and it is, it is, it's, it is who I am. Yeah. That, and, and can you just go through, like when you, when you were giving your titles, there are functional this and then that, like what I might take away from that is you're, you're not just a nutritionist. You're not just a personal trainer. You're not just Mm -hmm. those things. You're taking things to a whole, like next, 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 next kind of level. Can you talk about why, 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 why have you gone above and beyond? It, it was the evolution of my own curiosity in the human body and understanding that there is never one way there is never, there's not one body. So how could there ever possibly be one way? And we're yeah. such multifaceted beings that for me to really feel like I was doing the job that I feel like I was called here to do and that I was serving my clientele and helping them to my best ability. Mm-hmm. I had this deep desire to learn more. So in the beginning, it was about the movement. 
It was about creating a really excellent exercise plan. And then through that, I started to recognize all the limiting, you know, injuries or issues. And then I went into the rehab side of things. And then from there, you know, I, and I always was teaching group exercise because I just loved the vibe. I loved the energy. I loved the community. I I just loved it. I know you did too. That's that's how we met. Um, you know, for that. And then as I started to change as, you know, a a woman into my twenties and then became a mother and started to work with more women and moms, I just began to recognize that there was so much more than what was on the surface. Um, and that we couldn't have a, a, just a double prong approach of our exercise and our food, that it was deeper than that. And so that's, it just led me down the path and I am, I'm still a student. I am, I will never not be learning. Same. And, yeah. you know, something you said just hit there because, you know, one size doesn't fit all. I mean, we're all human. We all have bodies and 20,000 people in the program, the food plan mm-hmm. and stuff, the process mm-hmm. is going to work. That's where maximizing comes in and really help making people make it more individual to your needs. Yeah. I was just thinking like doing like a set, you know, when you see people's and they, they share like an exercise program, like on mm-hmm. a, in a magazine mm-hmm. or whatever, that's just like following a set food plan, you know, everyone yes. on a Tuesday eating chicken. Right. And, and not to say that that's not a good effort or that's not a, something good to start with, but there is something to be said about fine tuning and tailor, tailoring mm-hmm. what you're doing specific to your body's needs. Yeah. And that can be the tricky thing sometimes is that because we've been, it's been so ingrained in us to wait for the next month's issue or the next plan that's released mm. and to be told, mm. be told this is what you do that we like take our hands off the wheel of our own health responsibility. And then we're like, I couldn't possibly know how to feed myself. I couldn't possibly know how to intuitively move my body. And we think we don't hold the answers. Mm. So we're always like looking outside of us. So it's, Ah. I have, I have a really hard time. Like as a nutritionist for so many years, everything was about the meal plan. That's where, you know, you were taught even building a business, like the value is in that. And it took me a few years to realize like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to teach this woman that she needs me for the rest of her life. I yes. want her to, you know, and it's a lot of what you teach in here. It's like, here's the foods, here's the inspirations. Now go like, give yourself permission to create and have fun in the kitchen. Yeah. Cause isn't it amazing how we are so uh, deeply confused about what we need to eat yet food mm-hmm. is essential. Like we need yeah. it to survive yet. We're so confused. And, and some people straight up terrified to eat, terrified to eat, terrified to eat, eat nuts and avocados and bananas yeah. and carrots and just don't have mm-hmm. a clue. But at the same time, we need to eat to survive. That's got to do a number on our head mentally and our bodies physically. A hundred percent. But that's all by design. Yeah. You know, the, the best way to get a customer for life is confuse the shit out of them. <laughs> Right. Like if there, if you, if you're saying there's this way and that way and did it, and then you put somebody who looks the right look, right. Like they look healthy, they look thin, they look fit, they look whatever that it's so easy to be like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do that. Yeah. 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 I want to look like that. So I'm going to do that. And then that doesn't necessarily work because yeah. Okay. Let's get right into this conversation. I did not have an opportunity last time you're on to talk about men. Men do Mm -hmm. have hormones. And I know that's a big conversation and men (laughs) actually deserve their own conversations about that. But I guess my question would be, what would men need to know about their hormones? A lot of the same core principles for women. So blood sugar stability is going to be number one. So that's Mm -hmm. going to be supporting their insulin. And also, so cortisol and insulin, I mean, you can't talk about one without the other coming into the conversation. So how they manage their stress, 
stabilizing blood sugar. So same principles they're learning of like getting that great bolus of protein in, getting, you know, the amount of fiber and fat and healthy carbohydrates that they need to have. So that is very much um, the same. I mean, quantities and macros and things like that are going to change, obviously yeah. based on, based on, on in him, an individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's other things for men, like understanding the importance of sleep for them for two key, well, actually three key hormones. Men produce almost all of their testosterone and human growth hormone while they are sleeping. So it's really important for us. It's important for our metabolic function of breaking down estrogen and for supporting our adrenals and supporting our thyroid and all of that. But for men, this is really, it's also why men typically like a healthy man with a healthy endocrine function is typically going to wake up with an erection or somewhat of an erection in the morning, because that is when that his body is at that priming point and a man has a 24 hour cycle. So it is literally like it is, it's groundhog day. Like it's Dory (laughs) over and over again, the same rhythm, but if his sleep and his circadian rhythm are out of balance, he's going to bed too late. He's falling asleep on the couch and then he's waking up and then he's transitioning to the bed. He's drinking Mm -hmm. a lot of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, most of his calories are coming in in the evening. He's waking often to pee in the middle of the night. These are all signs that there is something out of balance Mm -hmm. in, in his system. Typically, if there's something going on in the endocrine system, there's usually something happening in his digestive system too. Because do men, men, I'm going to assume, make a massive assumption that typically men sleep better than women. Like they have less sleep issues than women. I mean, Tony, fuck that guy. Oh, I know. Well, but, and there's lots of like every day I'm like, how'd you sleep? He's like, amazing. I'm just like, right. So if you look at the data, (laughs) men have more deep sleep through and through than women. We have more light sleep and slightly more REM men have very little REM. Most men also don't dream. If you talk to them about that, they go to bed and they literally are out like a log. And a lot of that is if you look at the physiology of us as men versus women, um, we have a million things going on. And we are like, even if we don't want to be a multi, tasker, your nervous system is constantly like, you know, and so we go to bed with a lot of that. We also tend to hold on to and harbor more of what is bothering us. What is making us sad? All of that. We don't necessarily communicate, um, and deal in the same way that a man and not to say this doesn't ever happen to men, but a lot of men, they go through something and then it's like, it's done. It's over. They don't take it with them. They're not caring them. They go to bed. They're not thinking about the million other things that you are of like, what the kid, are they going to get up on time? What are they eating? Da, 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 da. Yes. And so a lot of what we go to bed with and struggle with as women is we have left the entire, we've left every light switch on in the house. when we go to bed mm-hmm. in our body, mm-hmm. in the hamster wheel, they're like, there's light. What? Like, sleep gone done. And not some men are dealing with issues. And a lot of men that, um, I don't work with men specifically in my practice, but through the men of the women that I work with their husbands, oftentimes they're waking the same time as them between one and four to get up and go pee. And then they'll kind of lie there and do the toss and turn. So same thing, liver, blood sugar, cortisol, that type of stuff. The other thing for men, um, that we are definitely seeing a huge increase of is the amount of estrogen overload in men's bodies, which men have estrogen as well too. It's not that they don't, but this is oftentimes happening as a result of chemicals coming in through body care products, household products, plastics, alcohol. That's a huge one for men. So same way that alcohol impacts our body as a woman, we have a 30 to 50% increase of estrogen dominant cancers. So breast, ovarian, cervical, uterine, 
when we have a higher amount of alcohol, it is no different for men. And while you see it show up in their body is you're going to see it show up in a gut. You're going to see yes. it show up in this hard, hard belly. Um, and that's the momentum that is actually getting very rigid. Uh, and you'll see it in the bowels. So most men are not having healthy bowel movements. They're either constipated or everything is going right through them. So similar things as women, um, but different things they need to consider in honoring. For men, it's really important as well, too, that the things they're doing to support their testosterone is getting healthy sleep, is doing strength training, right? Like resistance training, those types of things. Um, and then obviously their nourishment, like getting in the right type of food, micronutrition. So if a man was following the program, you know, like it's not, it's not unusual for men, like a month and a half in to get off blood pressure meds, cholesterol meds, to just, you know, their weight mm -hmm. drops so fast. It's so easy. Their weight's dropping faster because of the testosterone and the human growth hormone. And because mm -hmm. they don't have as much estrogen, you have to remember that estrogen's mm -hmm. purpose. It's a beautiful hormone. We need it. I want to hold on to my estrogen as long yes. as I can. Yes. But when it is out of balance, how do we balance, do that? How do we do that? You, you live a healthy hormonal based lifestyle. Honestly, you have to stabilize your blood sugar, honor your adrenals and your thyroid, stay here and get educated. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist in a pill. Yeah. Some women are going to end up being on hormone replacement therapy, which can be a beautiful thing as well too. But you okay. don't want to just like, you know, leave it up to the universe and be like, you. when I get there, then I'll go yeah. and use something. Yes. Um, but that's why men are dropping weight so much faster. They also naturally have a higher ratio of muscle tissue to adipose tissue to fat tissue. So yeah. it's a totally different ball game. Right. Right. Okay. So if, so, so a man is doing the program and his body's not connecting, his weight's not dropping, struggling a little bit. He thinks maybe his hormones are off. Who's he going to talk to? And does he have this conversation with his doctor? Is that what he's doing? Um, it probably won't go anywhere. Honestly, if he's going to go to that's his general why, practitioner, that's why I'm asking. probably that's not going to go anywhere. Um, he needs to same practitioner as I recommend for women, a, a naturopath, a functional medicine practitioner, a functional diagnostic practitioner. There's loads of us out there. And okay. this is a matter of actually just asking your community. Do you know a great naturopath? Do you know a good functional medicine practitioner? If you're using social media, literally do an ISO in search of looking for a fantastic you know, insert whatever that may be, um, for that. So, yeah. Cause maybe it's just me, but I'm not thinking about men and their hormones. Like I no, know they factor in and there's more hormones other than, cause I think with women, we constantly think sex hormones, sex hormones, sex hormones. All yeah. The but time. the other reason it, it's not at the forefront of people thinking about it is because you're not being told to think about it. It's not in the marketing and advertising. That's right. the subconscious. We don't really realize how much of like all of the different tens of thousands of messages that come at us a day. None of them are coming at us about men's hormones. And that's why we're not thinking about it. We've been taught it's a woman's issue, not a man's. Yeah. Okay. And that's really just not. simply not true. Okay. So there's that conversation. Woo. Um, that's a big one. Um, can you target fat loss? Can you target? Can you fat? target? Okay. Yeah. So you cannot target areas. All right. So for everyone who's doing the million, you know, thigh lifts and the crunches and all of that, please stop. You cannot target a certain area to yeah. lose fat. Yeah. You also don't get the opportunity to like go into your body and be like, Hey there, I'm going to do this exercise. And I would like it if you would only take it off my hips and thighs, leave my boobs alone and don't <laughs> take it. But like, that's typically how we lose it. Right. Is like yes. <laughs> from the neck down. Yeah. Um, and so, no, you cannot spot reduce for fat loss. 
You but cannot. if I was doing abs, if I'm doing abs, like I know if you do oblique abs, it can make a big difference in how your tummy looks, but does it actually get, it doesn't actually affect the, the, the fat composition by doing No, we're, and this is what we're talking about is composition. And so here's the thing is like, anytime that you're seeing definition, that's not called tone. Tone is again, another word that has been brought in from an industry. Tone is about your nervous system. That's your, your vagal and your nervous system tonal activity. Tone is an appearance that we have given to muscle. When yeah. you're seeing definition, it means you're starting to build muscle. So whether it's those oblique, you know, crossovers you're doing, or it's your shoulder press, or your bicep curls and your squats, what you're doing is you're building muscle. And as women, we've been taught to be afraid of that. And they even marketed everything yes. to the point where, you know, women's only gyms, the women's equipment in gyms used to be pink or purple to differentiate <laughs> between the machines that wouldn't add yeah. bulk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then, no, yeah. And then there was like the men's side of the gym. But bottom line is we need, if you really are interested in fat loss, so there's weight loss and then there's fat loss. So when we're talking about fat loss, because when we lose weight, we're going to lose a little bit of muscle. Like it, it's going to happen, right? We're going to lose muscle. We're going to lose water, some lymphatic fluid and some fat. It's, it's all encompassing. When your strategy is to go specifically for fat loss, which usually that'll happen for women when they're like, I've hit my weight loss goal. Now I want to like restructure the composition body, of my body. Yeah, body, yep. Now you're going into hypertrophy where you want to build a little bit of muscle, which is what's going to give you the shape that you're looking for. And then you're going, so you need to go into the hypertrophy and then you're going to do things to help to actually support the fat loss. Now, the mistake that women make is they go cardio hard, calorie mm. low. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not going to work. Not going to work. Exercise more. It doesn't work. We know that it that. doesn't. You're, you're wearing and tearing your system down and you may lose a little bit more weight in the beginning, but then you're going to struggle and it, and then you're probably going to gain back and it's going to be even harder to lose. Yeah. Well, like, listen, exercise is a really shitty weight loss tool. And we're going to talk about how to make exercise actually conducive to this process. I, I got some more questions I want to focus on hormone wise, and we're going to get right into the exercise stuff. Yeah. PCOS and weight loss. I, a lot of women, I mean, the program is, is great for addressing mm -hmm. on a really baseline level. Um, but women want to talk about PCOS and weight loss. Yeah. PCOS is the, it is the number one endocrine dysfunction disorder for menstruating women. Did, the it, number it just one. Come, it, it just like come I, like 15 years ago, no one was talking about PCOS, Jen. Where did it come? Well, from? the Rotterdam criteria, which is what is used to actually diagnose, has been changing and shifting over the last couple of decades. So, in the beginning, it was you had to have multiple what they referred to as cysts, which we now know are follicles on the ovaries, which which hold our eggs. Um, but you had to have like this pearl of this ring around the ovaries, and that was polycystic ovarian syndrome. So even the name has to change. Yep. There's actually four different types of PCOS. And I just did a full free series all about PCOS. Um, if any of your ladies are interested, I'm sure um, they will be. Yeah. We've posted it on Instagram. They can scroll down and see it. If they can't find it, they can DM us on Instagram. Um, and we can even send you the link and then you can post it in your oh. Facebook group. But I just did a five part Amazing. PCOS series. And I was a four part actually, and I uploaded all of it to the podcast. So if they go to the simplicity sessions, it's over four episodes. Um, everything is there. And I go through the four different types of PCOS, the lifestyle, the nutrition, the supplements, the adaptogens, all of that, because we could spend an entire talk Just and we still, we still would graze the surface. But at the end of the day, PCOS, um, majority of its roots are in insulin resistance. 
Oh. Majority of its roots are in insulin resistance and higher androgens. So for us as women, we are, we physiologically should not be having these super elevated levels of DHEA and testosterone and 5-alpha reductase. When we do, we get oily skin, thinning hair, um, hair growth on areas like chin, chest, belly that we're not interested in, acne. And it's not just like pimples, it's cystic acne, um, you know, mood swings and more like aggression. Like, just like, and this is where I see this a lot as well, too, for women who are like the man in the relationship, right? Like they are very yang, very like dominant in their masculine, not their feminine. Um, there's adrenal uh, PCOS as well, which is when we have those higher levels of DHEA. Um, and then there's post pill, post birth control pill uh, PCOS, which that one is the easiest one to correct because most there's a lot of women who will end up with PCOS when they come off the birth control pill um, for a multitude of reasons, but typically within 12 to 18 months, that can be rectified. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, because that was my next question was talking about the pill. Mm -hmm. um, so many women have questions about that, you know, um, which ones are better to take, you know, which do they cause weight gain? If you're taking the pill and cause weight gain, are you going to be able to lose weight? Like again, program really great baseline level for addressing all these things, building your body up, strengthening all those things, helping your body manage, but, but, but you're on medication. So this is what we aren't taught. Again, we're not taught this. You're not taught that you're taking hormone replacement therapy when you're on the birth control pill. And what you, whether it's a higher estrogen or a lower estrogen or low progesterone pill that you're on, it is going into your body. It is it not just mimicking, it's taking over. It shuts down the part of your pituitary gland that controls ovulation in your ovaries. So the entire time you're on the pill, you do not ovulate once. So an entire physiological response, which for the woman who does not want to get pregnant, then the pill's doing its job. The pill's yeah. doing its job, which, okay, that is fine. I was on the pill for seven years. I did not get pregnant. I'm very grateful I didn't get pregnant in those seven years. But do I wish someone had explained to me how I should have been taking care of my body when I was on the pill? You bet your ass I do, because I didn't know I needed extra minerals. I didn't know I needed B vitamins. I didn't know my liver needed extra attention. Yeah. I didn't know that the birth control pill, it starts to work on the gut the same way an antibiotic does. So it decreases stomach acid. So it can impact your digestion. It works on a level that is starting to um, really break down your microbiome. So your healthy bacteria, it a hundred percent impacts your neurotransmitters, which is why a lot of women will feel depression, can have suicidal ideation, anxiety, and generally just not feel good when they are on the pill. A lot of women will gain weight, especially if they're on a higher estrogen pill, their breast size will grow typically about a full bra size, um, you know, headaches, sleep issues, those types of things. So it is, there's more than meets the eye of just going on the pill. And the last stat that was released by the ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, said that more than 60% of women who are on the birth control pill, it has absolutely nothing to do with birth control. They were yeah. put on it for heavy periods, irregular periods. The amount of perimenopausal and menopausal women that are being put on the pill right now, it, to me, it is complete and utter irresponsibility on the practitioner's part because you are literally holding the hormonal phase her body is trying to go through in suspension. And she is going to feel so much worse when she comes off that, because she has to, the older we get as women, our risk and increase of stroke and blood clots and, and cancer being on those pills, 
it's so obviously I'm very passionate about teaching about it. And it is very frustrating because there's not enough education out there. I have a really um, good friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Jolene Brighton, who wrote a book called Beyond the Pill. We've talked about it before. Um, She's a great educator on it. Nicole Jardem, Dr. Lara Brighton, Gerilyn Pryor. There's a lot of really great female, um, Dr. Aviva Rom, but we do, we need to have better education. And like, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, I have a daughter and I have a son and there is probably going to come a time where the conversation is going to come up about the birth control pill. And it's not a choice I can make for my daughter, but if she's going to choose that, I want her to understand what she needs to do to support her body in the process. Do you, uh, do you think that the pill is the reason why women are suffering when it comes to menopause? There can definitely be a big link. Um, there are certain things that we've learned in the last, you know, decade, definitely in the last six to eight years, um, in, in research and study that the liver enzymes in our body and the DNA, the structure of our cellular health and our liver as a woman is forever changed when we are on the birth control pill. Say that again. Say that again. Your, the DNA and cellular health and structure of your liver is forever changed as a woman when you've been on the birth control pill. And something else that happens to women is it increases something called our sex hormone binding globulin, which literally, um, think binding, can grab a hold of all our testosterone. So your libido, your sex drive, boom, drops. If you don't have that testosterone as a woman, that is part of what makes us want to be more intimate and, and be able to actually climax. And it supports the, you know, um, intensity of orgasm and also the health and structure of our pelvic floor. So when you're on the pill, you know, it's so ironic. You're on the pill so that you don't get pregnant when you have sex, but you're on the pill and you're like, I don't even want it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's how it works. So yeah, yeah. That is the birth control right there. It just makes you not want it. You know, this, it's all just, it's like, don't we just completely disconnect as women in our bodies? Like, you know, we're trying to rewire here how our bodies have come to function and our brains and how they've been wired. And it's like, we're trying, it's like, we're, I don't know, like, it's like, we're working against so much because we're constantly putting ourselves in situations where we're disconnecting from our bodies, over-exercising, not mm-hmm. paying attention to what's happening hormonally, taking medications like birth control, not truly understanding the, the effects. We all know we've all taken the pill and, and had our bodies respond in all these funky yeah. ways, but not really thinking deeper on it and how much internally it's fucking us up for lots of, lots because of again, it's not, we're not being taught it, which is like, mm-hmm. this is, this is what I love to do. Like, could you imagine the difference? difference if every Tuesday morning, this is what we jammed on with thousands of women around the world. Yeah. Yeah. How different, right? Like, could you imagine tea time every single Tuesday? And it was like all about your hormones. And like, that is what the hormone project is every Monday night. Like those women are in university for their body with me. Mm, This is everything I teach them because we can't change the future forward for the next generation of women and our daughters and our granddaughters. If we aren't changing our level of consciousness, you know, it's like, unfortunately for us as women, we have been grossly over-targeted as a commodity and as the industry that will just buy whatever we sell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. I'm just trying to wrap my head really around this whole conversation because I just know how excited I was just talking to you for 10 minutes before jumping on. I know how much the women, how much value they get out of this conversation. And honestly, if we had more open conversations, also, I want to talk about just how much information has changed. You know, like I said, mm. PCOS, it wasn't a thing. Even yeah. the word lifestyle wasn't around metabolism. Like when I was helping people lose weight 20, 30 years ago, no one was talking about metabolism. None of those things. The Canada food guide, for example, had like 12 servings of grains, no good food fats, hardly any, pro like yeah. no emphasis on proteins, nothing. And so, you know, it's not that, you know, this is new information. It's just that it's constantly changing. I think people need to be open to the fact that, mm. yeah, okay. So maybe we were all about the pill back then, but now we know better, you know, mm -hmm. and now we're starting to feel the effects um, of, of, of the things that we didn't, that we did, that we didn't know better. Right. So this is, well, and that's what I love about you, Gina, and the way you teach and what you offer to your community is you're not dogmatic. You're not like, I have this one way. And it's the only like, and you create the opportunity for these conversations and learning and you continue to be a student. And like, it's just that that's more of what we need. That that's why you have 20,000 women in your program. Well, and not be afraid to have those conversations because especially when you like, where do you have them? Because you try to have them online, but oh man, online is volatile. Like we are so, we have this amazing supportive, safe space, which mm -hmm. is one thing, but most women don't have that. And then you start talking about these things and it's just like, you feel, you don't feel like you can have the conversation because someone's always yeah. going to shut you down or tell you no, or have a different opinion. And you know, there's just no, there's no place to really be educated about it, to be honest. Well, except, you know, you have this amazing well, and there is and and podcast too right like there's yes. an amazing podcast out there and um you know on instagram like you know we've just as a company and it, it's like the evolution over time right of like what women teach us every day what it is we need to teach them mm, yeah simply by like i'm suffering from this i'm going through that i don't understand this and then it's like okay you know last month we did 28 days of like hormones 101 this yeah, month we're doing so 31 days of perimenopause education oh perfect Right. So it's the whole month is all about perimenopause on Instagram and on the podcast. And these are all free resources. For yeah. Women. I love that. I love that. I love that about right? you. You're always so giving in your information. You want to help. You want to help. Mm -hmm. Um, what about, what about women who's had a hysterectomy? They feel lost. They feel like they feel like not part of the conversation. Yeah, I understand that. And, um, when we're talking about hysterectomy, it's also important to differentiate that they may still have their ovaries, but not a uterus, or they could have had a complete hysterectomy or yes. they had an oophorectomy where the ovaries were taken. Mm -hmm. So there's a few different, um, a few different things going on. So for the woman who doesn't have anything anymore, she's been put into early menopause. There is no smooth sailing. There is no perimenopause transition. It is bam. So she is going to feel that um, much sooner, which again, I really wish when she was being told that potentially you're going to have to have a hysterectomy because of endometriosis or different issues. I wish there was like a, a preparation kit that was given to her mm -hmm. where it's like, can you spend the next four to six months, please doing these things to get your body ready? Can we connect you with a functional practitioner? So that if you need hormone replacement therapy or thyroid support, but there isn't literally like the rug is pulled out from under her right away. Mm -hmm. um, so what my advice would be to women who have had any form of a hysterectomy, whether it's oophorectomy, partial or full, is that you align yourself with a practitioner who can help you understand the new body that you have, because mm -hmm. it is a new body. You've completely lost an entire, you've lost organs and you've lost a big part of your system that was regulating. 
And so if you no longer have your ovaries, which are where you mainly produce your estradiol and where you would be releasing eggs and you're not having the progesterone production anymore, that responsibility all goes upstream to your adrenals. Mm. And if you're not prepared for that, and if you're listening and you're like, well, mine was 20 years ago, what do I do now? You start today, you start from where you're at. Um, But this is where I would say, if you had one of those procedures done and no one did hormone testing for you, no one did full blood panels for, I would start there. I'd start to like rebuild your hormone portfolio from that place. Yeah. And again, like this, this, this program, the process constantly prioritizing yourself and paying attention and managing your sleep and your stress and maximizing your efforts is this is already a really great start. This was a really mm-hmm. great start for addressing, but this is where going to, you know, those going to the next level and, and seeking out the healthcare providers who specifically, you know, folk can help you focus on those things. Yeah. I love what you said about the, your, your new body and the body has this remarkable way of adapting. Mm-hmm. And this is why you can take out organs and survive and the body will figure out how to rewire and even with that your body is is on your side so to your point you have to figure out what this new body needs what is mm-hmm. what is missing this causing a need for you know yeah. just to kind of help again support support right and i think part of it too for women which is so hard when we go through any type of big transition so whether it's you know having a baby or it is going through, you know, the loss of someone or divorce, mm. or you're going into a new hormonal phase, or you're losing, you know, a gallbladder, your uh, uterus, whatever it may be, is that shifting your mindset to not be saying things to yourself. Like, I just want to be like her back then. I want to look like her. I want to wear the same pants. She wore, you're not mm. her anymore. Yeah. You are not it keeps her. You stuck. Those thoughts keep you stuck. You can't, you can't flip the page. If you keep rereading the last page, you know? Well, that's it. And I think it's like, it's actually something to be celebrated for us. Like I am not the same woman today that I even was six months ago, let alone two years ago. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's a good thing in my book. I'm, it also, is. I'm always in the pursuit of change, right? Constantly yeah. Learning and all of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, I know we touched on the perimenopause, but let's talk about perimenopause for women. What, what, what's the focus there for them? What, what do they need to keep in mind? Um, it's a long runway, you know, it's, it's not quick. And mm-hmm. so it's for most women somewhere between, you know, typically I always say like eight to 10 years, some, it can be a little bit shorter. Um, but again, it's coming back to the foundationals. Do you feed your body enough? That's my first question to women in perimenopause. Like, mm-hmm please, this is time to get off the, you know, restrictive, rigid calorie counting and over cardioing yourself. Like at perimenopause, this is when you really want to be like, okay, do I want to have the mentality of the body I want in the next 30 days or the body I want for the next 30 years? This is, so you have to like treat yourself in that way where you're thinking longevity. So, you know, how you exercise it's perimenopause, like it's, and I understand for some of you, if you're like long distance runners, I, I was you, I used to run half marathons, marathons, triathlons, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, go never, hard to go home. Woo! Right. When I didn't know better <laughs> yeah. when I didn't know better. And it's like, now, like you couldn't pay me to do any of those things because I understand the impact on our body. So I traded in all that for walking and I'll never go back. 
can we just talk about stress? Like though for a sec, like the stress of like, do you, do you, would you agree that people are just like, we're just getting more stressed? Like, have you seen a hundred percent? Yeah. Especially living in the world in the last two years. I mean, unless you're literally living under a rock, I don't know how you're not impacted by what is happening and going on. Even if it's not literally happening in your like you know, four walls of your home, you're still a human being who, who feels and who has empathy for what other people may be going through in the world. So there's that there's also, you know, as we get older as women, the responsibilities change, you know, it's like, you're told when you're younger, when your kids are little, it's like little people, little problems. And then as you grow up and they grow up, it's so perimenopause is oftentimes, you know, it's one of two, well, one of three, actually, either it's like, you're really in the peak of your career. And so like, that's where your energy and your focus is going. And you're like, you know, you've reached this point or you're building, or maybe you're reinventing yourself. Yep. It's beautiful, but it's stressful yeah. or your kids are heading off to school now in college university. And now it's like, oh my gosh, like, who am I? What's my role? Like, those are my babies. Like they've left the, and, and so it's exciting, but at the same time, it's sad. Ah. And so it's going through that relationships change as we get mm-hmm. older, right? Like we've grown with this partner, but have we grown together or have we literally just grown and then kind of gone this way? Um, you know, and it's so, or I know like a lot of my girlfriends, they didn't start having their babies until the perimenopausal years. Yeah. They were in their late thirties and early forties having babies. And so th- the answer is yes stress for sure. The other thing that I see a lot is, you know, we're at an age now where like I'm in my forties, my parents are in their seventies. Our role as kids is starting to change and there's more caregiving that is starting to happen. So it's a lot for us in the perimenopausal years, not just with what we're eating and how we exercise, but the totality of our life. Um, you know, can I just say how much I appreciate you saying that? Like, Mm. holy fuck, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I know. Right. Like, let's go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, I think what you just said is so huge because as women, we don't think what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong Mm -hmm. with me? I'm tired. I'm this. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? You got all of that. You're doing this and dealing with that. And while all this is happening, there's nothing wrong with you. You're doing the best that you can to help manage, you know? Yeah. Woo. Okay. Um, the couple of people had a question about tamoxifen, which is a little side conversation to block estrogen, progesterone when um, preventing cancer. Um, obviously, can we talk uh, on that? Right I now? don't know anyone who's giving tamoxifen prophylactically. Um, tamoxifen is typically an oncology prescribed medication that is given mm-hmm. post breast cancer or post estrogen dominant or estrogen positive receptor cancer after treatment has gone, has happened. And so tamoxifen is one of the drugs that are given to help to decrease, um, estrogen in the body. It's not going to impact the progesterone, but it's the estrogen. But I, I don't know, no colleagues I work with are giving tamoxifen prophylactically, um, in that, but that is, yeah. And it it can, like people ask the question, well, I'm on tamoxifen. Like, is that what's impacting me losing weight? Yeah potentially because it's a medication. And what we have to understand about any medication, whether it is that, or it's thyroid, or it's too much Advil, or it is, you know, a steroid cream or your inhaler, that's all changing the chemistry in your body. 
and your body's looking for homeostasis. And some of the things that you take, like if you're taking something that impacts or has steroid in it, that is impacting cortisol and that's impacting insulin. And those are your fat storing hormones. Yep. So you may be holding on to a little bit of extra weight and it may be more of an inflammatory weight where you just feel puffy. Like you're like, I just want to stick a pin in myself and let mm-hmm. some of this out. Mm-hmm. It's not fat. It's like inflammatory weight. It's, it's different. Yep. Um, other times when you're on medication for a long time, if it's impacting your gut microbiome, mm-hmm. that plays a huge role in your ability to lose weight, which is why having healthy, diverse diet, you know, having, you know, it's like Goldilocks and the three bears enough fiber, not too much, not too little somewhere in between, um, you know, and, and taking care, like having prebiotics and probiotics and those types of things really important. Yeah. Doing the kinds of things that people are doing this program and then mm-hmm. seeking help from their, from those healthcare providers who yeah. can take things to the nev- next level and investigate deeper. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. Yeah. Um, growth hormone. Can you talk about that growth hormone? What, like in terms of for, for men, I mean, we have very little growth hormone as women, which is why it's also harder for us to build muscle and to lose fat. Um, so should we supplement for that? Like Mm, I'm very leery around that. Uh, and that is so that again, as soon as you say that I'm like, I get a full body reaction because I've competed in fitness competitions. I've done three of them before. And those are tactics that fitness competitors will use. Coaches will prescribe like literally under the counter black market and give them it's human growth hormone. Give these women testosterone, give them things that are lowering their body fat, but increasing their mu- And it, it's Russian roulette. That's all I'm going to say. If you're not working with someone who like, this is their zone and you, and they are, this is all they do is hormone replacement therapy, which human growth hormone is that there are very skilled practitioners and they're beautiful. And I know women where it has changed their life for the positive. I also know a lot of people who, you know, they worked with someone who was like, I can prescribe it. It's not their zone of genius, but they're like, I can prescribe it. And it ended up being a total shit show. So it's, it would not be my first thing that I would turn to. I'd work on the foundation. I would work on really testing and understanding, do you need human growth hormone or is it DHA that you need? Is it estrogen? Is it progesterone? Is it testosterone? Is it thyroid support that you need? I'd be looking at all of the other big players first before I would go there. And don't mess around with it. If your sole purpose behind it is trying to lose weight. Honestly, because you can think, I'm just going to try it for a little bit and it can set you back months, if not years. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's get into exercise. This last part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what, if you wanted to talk to address people in exercise, what would be the first thing you'd want to talk about with that? Well, um, that less is more mm, for women. I love it. Yeah. That less is more. And honestly, I think that the first question I always ask women, especially if they tell me they struggle with, you know, exercises, what do you enjoy doing? Like, are you someone who loves being outside? You know, you love the fresh air, you love nature. You like just feeling like, you know, you're escaping, you're getting away. Beautiful. Start with your walking. Fantastic. Walking is one of the best things to do a for bone density B for natural exposure to sunlight and vitamin D production. It's also incredibly good for your nervous system and it's low impact. And if you're trying to actually lose fat, you don't want to necessarily go high intensity. You want to go less or miss. So miss is moderate intensity, steady state. And less is low intensity, steady state, which would mean you go on your beautiful walk for 45, 60 minutes. You come back. You're not like, oh my God, I'm going to die from that. And it crushes you. Yes. 
or you, you should out- walk away from exercise feeling energetic. Not that you're going to barf and that you yeah. need a nap and you need a t- right, <laughs> right. No, and definitely not like listen. There for those of you that are still menstruating, there are times in your cycle where you can amp up your intensity. So the follicular phase, that first half of your cycle, mm-hmm. you are more primed. You you have the profit of higher testosterone and um, estrogen for greater tendon and ligament stability. So you can lift heavier. You can go a little bit harder. You're going to have a little bit more in the endurance tank to manage that and recover. So be least stressful, least stressful, and it'll have more of an impact when you actually want it to do. Exactly. And then in the second half in the luteal phase is when you want to start to think more along the lines of Pilates, bar, strength training, but maybe lighter weight. So you're changing the way that you're creating the stimulus. So in the first half, maybe you're lifting heavier with dumbbells, barbells, machines, and you're using like a five to eight rep range and you're going like four, maybe five sets for like four exercises. But in the second half, maybe now you're shifting and it's higher volume, less load. And so now you're maybe doing slightly higher repetitions, like maybe 12, 15, 20, maybe it's not even with anything like lifting, it's your body weight, which is why I love Pilates and bar and yoga. And when you do those correctly, like that's all the kinesthetic movements that help to connect you to your body, to your breath, they're low impact. So the tricky part for women is that you can't have seven goals all at the same time, <laughs> meaning oh, like you can't, say you can't have say seven again. goals all at the same time. So you can't be like, okay, but Gina, I want to lose weight. I want to build muscle. I want to, you know, lower my body fat. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Every single one of those has a different approach to achieve yes. them. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yes. if your main focus right now, and the only way up here, you feel successful as if the numbers are dropping on the scale, don't be doing the high intensity stuff yeah. because you, it, you, you're, you're creating metabolic waste. You are tearing down muscle fiber and tissue that then needs to be recovered. And there's oftentimes some water retention with that, but there, and some post-inflammation and when you're building muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. So like for me, I'm always trying to build. So I'm not focused on the scale. I'm more my composition. How do my clothes fit? And I actually, I have uh, a fit track scale, which breaks down and shows body composition, like body fat, um, fat mass, water, all of those types of things. Cause I'm trying to build muscle on my body. And the reason I'm trying to build muscle is muscle is an organ of longevity. It is, has endocrine function and I'm 42. So for my perimenopause journey, my focus is in that first half of my cycle, I am lifting and I'm building. And in the second half, I am yoga, Pilates bar doing those types of things. And I walk every day. That's how I, that's how I work with my body. The woman who is doing CrossFit five days a week, Orange Theory, F45, nonstop boot camps. I am telling you, ladies, I know it might be the only time you feel like you have for yourself and it's where your girlfriends go and you feel so good when you're doing it. Not every day, please. Like it's going to work against you. But you can tailor it because I know you're talking about the first part of your cycle and part of your You, cycle. Gonna, you don't have to stop doing it. Whatever. You go by. To- Go by how you feel, right? Like yeah. so if you are getting to the gym one day and you're late in your cycle and you're feeling like balls and you can be, you know, barely get in there. I'm going to get this shit done. And yeah. you go there and your instructor at Orange Theory and, and no disrespect is telling you, come on, get your heart rate in the zone and work harder and harder. It's okay. Because well, that's what we do as instructors. Yeah, it is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But that's where you need to recognize, hey, this isn't my moment to go harder, go mm-hmm. home. And just mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm good. And listen, I'm not walking instead of running to teach all these things. I'm not hating on them. What I'm saying is 
that you can't, you cannot have this linear way where it's like you have the one thing, or maybe it's multiple things you do, but everything you do is hard and arduous. And you're like in a puddle of sweat and you're sore all the time. Yeah. Especially because that might've worked for you when you were 20, right? You know what I mean? Our bodies don't want that as we get older. Are you kidding me? I, there's no way I want to go back and do 20 year old Jen's classes. I don't even want to do 35 year old Jen's classes. (laughs) Damn girl, I don't want to do any of my classes. I don't even want to work out anymore because I did so much of that ball busting workouts. Like if you didn't leave my class wanting to puke and crying, it wasn't a good class. You know, right. like yeah. yeah, a lot of people are stuck on that because that did work really well. Like, especially if mm-hmm. I was eating jog, my weight was going up. I did like pound the crap out of my body. I was good to go, you know, a couple yeah. workouts later. And now I just feel broken down. I can't get out of bed for a week and then I actually get fatter. And that right. I think that's what's happening to me is that when I was uh when I was in a university, high stress, lack of sleep, and then not eating enough and then exercising and teaching all those classes actually caused my weight to go up mm-hmm. and actually caused me to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went to my doctor and he's like, Oh, you're not exercising enough. And I was like, what? You do not know what you're talking about, <laughs> mister. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about adrenal, like exhausting your adrenals, your cortisol levels. Like, you know, the, people know that they're stressed out. Hmm. right or max out and then they think like well if i'm going to exercise hard it's going to help release my stress but that that's not necessary yeah it's not the way no we actually have an adrenal prescription in our protocols um, for exercise so inside of synced and the hormone project where you really we need you to pull it all the way back so Mm -hmm. i still want you to and here's the difference it's the languaging we're not having you exercise when you're suffering from adrenal fatigue we're having you move ah Yes. The big difference. So the focus with adrenal fatigue, because adrenal, true adrenal fatigue, like Gina, we're talking 12 to 24 months to help to really heal and correct this. So it, and what happens is women are like, they'll get into a good routine and then they start to feel some of that energy coming back and they're like, okay, it's go time. And then they, they waste it all on those workouts. So we want you to move when you have adrenal fatigue. So it could be the walking, it could be different therapeutics, um, foam rolling, stretching your body, breath work, reconnecting to help re-regulate your vagus nerve and your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then we start with like floor-based Pilates. So I have a whole series um, inside of Synced and and something called Fit, Fierce and Fluid, and it's all floor-based. So you're not up and down because the problem when you have adrenal issues is even doing something like forward fold, downward facing dog, the up and down, you're going to get dizzy because when your adrenals aren't functioning well, your blood pressure is sitting a little bit lower and you're going to get dizzy more often. So we keep you low to the ground. The other thing is inside sync, we have um, more than 70 videos that are only 10 minutes long. So, and then you can stack them. So maybe you do 10 minutes. So maybe you're training 10 minutes, four times a week. Beautiful. Along with your walks. And then you start to feel better. So now you do 10 minutes and stack on another 10. And now you move for 20 minutes. The other thing with adrenal issues is don't try to do all of it at one time. So maybe you go and do your 10 minutes in the morning and then your walk is in the afternoon. You need recovery. How, how, how sore should you be? Can you gauge the quality of your workout, the effectiveness of your workout based on how sore you are or not necessarily. So anytime you do something new, whether you change the type that you're doing, the load that you're doing, uh, if you're doing supersets versus giant sets, any type of, um, uh, you know, factor that you manipulate, you're going to feel it. And it's called DOMS. It's delayed onset muscle soreness. When it's Mm -hmm. something brand new or heavier, typically you're going to be sore, honestly, for a good five to seven days. 
So you'll feel it that day. The next day you'll wake up and be like, I literally can't bend my knees to get on the toilet. Like you just free fall. (laughs) And then it gets worse. However, the more conditioned that you are, like I just did a great leg workout yesterday. And I woke up, my body was like, you did something, but I am not dying. I am not sore. And if you always train to that intensity, again, it's all one thing to tear the muscle down during the workout, but now you need to go and feed it. So if you're also lifting heavier, you need to eat more, not less. Yeah. Yeah. And when if you, we talk about that, if you are going to exercise, you also have to make sure you offset that by giving the body rest, make sure you're eating nutrient rich foods. You are, you know, you're drinking your water, you're getting to bed early. Like you, yeah. you, you can't just pound the crap out of your body and then, you know, can't, you have to support it recovering. And then how do you expect it to focus on fat loss? You know, if you're creating all this damage, you know, well, and the thing is the nutrient that. timing. So if you have ladies who are, who love lifting and that's what they're doing and they're trying to lose weight, not only do they have to get enough food in, but it's the nutrient timing. Yeah. So if, you know, getting in, um, and I always get asked the question, like, should I train fasted or not? Here's my answer to that is how do you feel? So if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're yeah, training, that's within- a big, do you eat breakfast or do you not eat breakfast? What do you, that's a big question people wanted to know. Okay. So for my adrenal thyroid ladies, please don't train fasted. It's going to be better. Even if you can get something small in one scoop of protein powder in your water, even if you sip that while you work out little tablespoon of nut butter with, you know, a little couple slices of apple, something in your system. If you have adrenal and thyroid issues or like low blood sugar issues, it also depends on the time. So if you get up at six, but you're not training until eight, you're probably not going to have your best lifting session. If you have been in a fasted state, I mean, you can add things in like branch chain amino acids and some electrolytes to help to support that. The more important thing that I ask women is tell me what about you're doing after, like you need to get in a good quality carbohydrate and protein fat safe for later. You want to get the carbohydrate source in, um, something, you know, it could be like fruit is simple and easy, very quick to digest in the body. Yep. Because you need the carbohydrates to go in and replace the glycogen that you've pulled from the muscle and the liver. And then you need the protein to get in. We need the amino acids, Mm -hmm. right? So that is like a good combination to have or go in like directly into having your meal. Um, But if you're doing a heavy lift to go and eat something like, you know, eggs and greens, you're going to need to have a little bit more of a substantial carbohydrate if you're trying to build muscle. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, and this is where, you know, people are following along and following the food plan right now. They're, they're following specifics. They're going higher protein for breakfast. You can absolutely incorporate carbs and stuff like that. It's all based on timing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if they, and then they have that fruit, uh, snack afterwards and you're having your lunch. So next week, you guys are gonna have more flexibility to actually add proteins and fats to that morning fruit snack. So you'll be able to tailor, yeah. tailor. And what they can even do is they could take their, depending, like I'm talking to the woman who is like, no, I'm like lifting. So for her, she could take that fruit snack from the morning and, and just make a larger breakfast for herself. That's more satiating and pull that in. And then she may, and it depends on her. She may be more satiated and then last until lunch. You have to play around with it and see. That. Well, that's the thing. So you don't have to do necessarily weird shit when it comes to, cause you're eating so often on program and plan when you tell them to exercise, but so many women are afraid to exercise because it makes them hungrier. And I'm like, yeah, but, but that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, that's again. a good thing. If again. you are, that is a good thing. If you are not hungry, that is a problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And don't be afraid to eat. So there's no different. You want to make sure you guys are including nutrient rich 
foods, making sure your, your food is the must, must nutrient value. And remember when it comes to portions, if you're adding an exercise, they're always what they feel like in the moment and not what they look like. So if mm-hmm. you've been, if you've been like your portions have been getting smaller and then all of a sudden you start adding exercise in and you're noticing you're hungrier and your portions are creeping up a bit, that is fine. That is totally fine. That's still being in tune to those portions. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. but why, why do people talk about so much protein when they're working out? Like, well, it's the branch chain amino acids. It's not just protein in and of itself. It's just, that's where we get the branch that, you know, yeah. we need yes. those amino acids. That's how we literally repair our mm-hmm. muscle tissue that that's where that happens, um, in the body. And so it's really important for us as women, you know, like I said, to maintain and preserve our, our muscle, our skeletal muscle and the muscle that we want to see, you know, shape wise on our body. And that's going to help us prevent, you know, osteoporosis, osteopenia, um, sarcopenia, like actual muscle wasting. Yes. Really important. Yeah. 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 You need to do load bearing now for some women in the beginning, if like walking might be load bearing to you, holding yourself in a plank, uh, you know, squatting up off your, your bed, doing your own body weight in a lunge, anything like that. Um, but doing load bearing is really important. That resistance training for bone density, muscle mass, especially as we get older, you're saying it's almost more, more important as we get older than it is when we are younger. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Woo. What a conversation. So you, let's talk about you and you offer a whole resource library of exercise videos and all that. And you are going to uh, let people have access uh, to these videos for a week to try them out. And you're going to offer us um, a bit of a, I wouldn't say discount. I hate that word discount. It's such a crappy word. I just, it doesn't <laughs> hit right. Do you know what I mean? Um, it doesn't hit right. Cause I, I just don't think any, you know, you know, we're, we're offering them a healthy incentive. You can call it healthy that. It's a healthy incentive. Incentive. There you go. That's a better word. So can you talk about that? What you offer? Cause people of course going to want to know. Um, I mean, I share some of my favorite exercises that I've done. They're very simple. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the takeaway when it exercises is like, is, is, is do exercises that you enjoy. Do mm-hmm. exercises that make you feel good when you walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, be mindful of your energy and how you're feeling when you're doing these exercises yep. and tailor them according to where you're at day to yep. day to day, right? That's yeah. the kind of the best way to go. Yeah. Um, and it's so inside of, so what I teach now, I have, um, I owned a studio in person for years, sold it. And then I have a studio online now and it's called synced. And everything that I teach is based on, um, the four phases of a woman's menstrual cycle or her postmenopausal. So we actually build out calendars and teach you based on if this is where you're at in your period right now, that these are the types that you would do. We have, so we do five live classes every single week and we have now 350 different classes in our library and it's all broken down based on timing. So you've got 10 minutes, 20, 30, 45, and 60, or it's broken into you're in your menstrual phase, your follicular phase, your ovulatory luteal women who don't have a period anymore. We have an entire higher cycle and series that's based on the lunar calendar. And we also teach you how to build it out for that. And we offer a lot of education in there as well, too. Our community is so active and engaged and we have everything from yoga, strength training with your body weight, dumbbells, barbells. We have bar, um, Pilates, if I didn't say that we have, we do have Tabata hit kickboxing. We have dance. Um, we have all different types, meditation, uh, yoga, tune up, full rolling mobility, all of that. And so, 
any of your ladies, they can join up and they can do um, a week trial for free and they'll get seven videos. Um, And we have a little sample calendar of how they can bring it in. The other thing that I'm really passionate about with Sync Gina is I do it all from home in my house. So you don't have to have a fancy studio, a million different pieces of equipment. All of the equipment we recommend for the classes are small apparatus. It's not going to cost you a fortune. It's a one-time fee for the membership and you get lifetime access. Oh, wow. So everything oh, wow. new, okay. everything new that we add. I don't love the, the monthly thing just from my perspective. No, I'm right with you. We will never do that. That's yeah. an old gym thing, right? Like if you yeah. sign up, hope they never come, keep taking money. Right. And I don't want that. So, so we deals. keep Bad it box. open so that life happens. So maybe there's a few months where you don't get to use it, but it doesn't matter. You get to come back. I'm never going to be that person that's like, oh, well, you didn't use it. So it's gone. So we give one-time fee lifetime access. Every time we update anything, anything that you get it anything new that happens. And so you get a free trial if you want. And then we also um, are giving all of your ladies $200 off. So it's just over 30% off if they enter in the code Gina 30. Cool. Um, if they go awesome. to genpike.com forward slash synced, um, awesome. they can go in and they can access that. And you're letting them try it first to see if it fits even their jam, which I absolutely love. Right. Yeah. And it's, so, I don't, I don't want somebody to do something that they, they don't enjoy. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing is for the ladies who reach out specifically with the hormone questions is that we do offer, um, our wellness advisor calls, which are not consultations, but this is an opportunity to chat and be like, this is what I'm struggling with hormonally. Is there something that you guys offer that could support and help me? And if we don't, um, then we refer you out to another practitioner who could. You know, what I love is like you take weight, like I take weight loss seriously for people. Do you know, mm-hmm. I mean, women are really struggling. They really need to know, like cut to the chase and then they need real talk. You know what I mean? They're just dumb to bullshit. People blowing smoke up their ass. Yeah. That's what I love about you. It's like, it's a whole other next level of not only just providing services and great workouts, but like insight and the rhyme, the reason, you know, really mm-hmm. trying to help women, you know, mm-hmm. understand what they're doing and why and what's the best thing. That's what I, that's what I absolutely love about you. And, and Thanks, no doubt Gina. that trickles down, you know, know to all the all the services that you offer um how what's the best way for i'm going to put your all your contact and stuff and we're going to link that link to the exercise and we're going to get on all that but what it, where's the best place for people to find you i know you have um again and can you just go over what you got you had the perimenopause thing you got the pcos thing you got some things mm-hmm. that you've just done a month long um where would people find that instagram is the best so right now on instagram the whole month of march we're doing a free perimenopause series so every day for 30 31 days, we're releasing Huge. all different education about perimenopause. Um, in February, uh, part of what we released in February was my free PCOS series. So it was a four part series. They can also find all this for free on um, my podcast, the Simplicity yeah. Sessions. But and, and honestly, like if they have questions about anything, DM me on Instagram. It's either going to be myself or Amanda from my team that will reach out to you. Um, obviously, give us a, you know, we don't get back like bam right away. We sleep. Uh, but within a couple of days, I I, I love that you're approaching weight loss in a whole, you know, even when I message Jen, I, uh, Jen email her, I get these messages saying, Hey, it's the weekend. I'm spending time with my, with my kids and my family, or, Hey, I might not get back to you. Like in a couple of days, I love that. How are you finding that with just since it's international women's day and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I really proud of myself and running our business a little differently, really being mindful about our amazing team. And, you know, um, how are you finding that running your business like that? 
Um, amazing. I had, you know what, Gina, I, I had to set the boundaries for myself because I, I care so much and I am such a giver. I was literally like giving every ounce of me to everyone else. And the people I loved the most, my family and my kids were getting the leftover parts of me and they didn't deserve that. And I didn't deserve that. And it's like, you know, if I'm really here for women's health and women's empowerment, I need to lead by example, by, you know, showing my own boundaries. And so I have time boundaries. I have energetic boundaries and, you know, and on our team as well too, like my team, I'm like, you are, do not respond after X amount of time of the day on Sundays. None of you are like, it's that type of stuff. You know, it's like, I'm in BC now, but my team's in Eastern standard time. So a lot of the kids are on March break and I'm like, okay, so we're not having our meeting next week. Go be with your family. Yeah. Like it's, it's a meeting who cares? We can have that again. Right. So it's all those types of things. And I think we need more women to show us like, do this for yourself. Please take care of yourself. People will be fine without you. Yeah. It's okay to disappoint people. Yeah. Ah, okay. (laughs) I I had that saying, and I, I, I sort of, you know, when you're young, you just, you're so selfish and you do things for yourself and your life seems to flow and seems to be easy. And then you start prioritizing other people in front of your own needs. And that to me, that's when your life falls to shit. And if you, if you do what makes you happy, honestly, that's the way to go. Although it it can piss some people off and it's not, but you know what, that is their lesson, not yours. Yeah. The person that it triggers and pisses off, they need that lesson in their life more than anyone else. Cause I guarantee you, they're the one who gives a lot, but also over expects from other women as well. Well, yeah. It's again, it's like the only way any of the stuff we don't enjoy changes is if someone is audacious enough and bold enough to just be like, no, No, not for me. Not doing it. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love you. Our time is up. Thank you so much for our conversation. Again, best place to find you is Instagram. Uh, I'll post all your details. I got those links out. Um, Thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me back. I always love our chats too. Always amazing. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining. Have an amazing day. Bye. Take care, everyone. Happy International Women's Day, ladies. Yes. Bye. Bye.